0: Hello, and welcome to episode 308 of The Amy Ehlers Show. I'm your host, you guessed it, Amy Ehlers, and I am a women's life and leadership coach, a master coach, really, a best selling author and a keynote speaker that loves waking up powerful, high achieving, high level women to the truth about how hard they are on themselves. And then helping them stop the self-bullying, stop the self-criticism, and stop the self-doubt so that they can really own their achievements and feel more happy, more at peace, and really love their lives, really enjoy all of that success that they've created. So for today's episode, show notes can be found at Aylershow.com forward slash 308. And today we are going to be talking about bright girls, smart women, and failure. The F word. That's right. Failure. Because as women and as girls, often we are not taught how to easily bounce back from failure. So we're going to get into that today. Now, before we go into the show, I wanted to let you know about an extraordinary opportunity to join me and a small group of high-level women in the drum roll, please. (laughs) Belize. Yes, Belize. Oh my goodness. This is going to be fantastic. It's a brand new retreat, a visioning retreat, especially for women that are in midlife and beyond to vision and dream and pleasure dig about the next chapter of their life. So if you're interested go on over to barefootperfect.com. That's right, the name of this retreat is Barefoot Perfect Belize. So go over to barefootperfect.com. You can see all the details. It's in late February of 2020. And this group of women is going to be off the charts. I mean, what could be better then visioning and dreaming about the next chapter of your life while in a tropical paradise in your own private beachfront or beach view bungalow. Applications are flowing in, we're accepting women all the time, and we only have space for 20 women. So don't delay, go on over to barefootperfect.com. Okay, so you're a smart, successful woman, right? You're ambitious, you're determined, you've achieved amazing things. And chances are, in fifth grade, you were called a quote-unquote bright girl, filled with so much potential and so much promise. So why, oh why, do you find it difficult to deal with failure? And why does it take so darn long to bounce back from failure? This is something that I run into all the time in my work, whether in my Rise and Lead Women's Leadership Incubator, or when I go on retreats with high-achieving women in places like Belize, or even with my private VIP coaching clients that are inside some of the top companies in the world, that even though externally people feel like they're bouncing back all the time, the truth is that internally there's a constant struggle of beating themselves up and criticizing themselves, especially if they fail or if they make a mistake. And interestingly enough, when I've worked with men clients in the past, people that identify as male, oftentimes this is not the same experience for them. The way that I like to put it is that when a failure happens, men view, oh, that failed. That project failed. That system failed. That particular hypothesis that I had failed. Men will actually look at the thing as the failure, whereas women feel like they themselves are the failure. They start to identify and take it personally when failures happen. And as you can imagine in life, especially if you are an ambitious, driven woman, you are going to come across a lot of failure. There's no way that you can actually get to the next level in your life, in your career, in every aspect of your life without failing because if you're not failing, it means that you're not growing. And I don't mean that as some platitude, like if you're not, you know, if you're not growing, you're not failing. If you're not failing, you're not growing. I mean it as the truth. In order to take quantum leaps in your life, it requires risk. And I always love the quote from Winston Churchill, success is leaping from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. Let me say that again. Success is leaping from failure to failure without loss of enthusiasm. And what Winston really means here is it's about the bounce back. It's about the resiliency. It's about being able to recover quickly from the failures, to not take it on as if you personally are a failure, but instead to say, oh, that failed, next. This is why team sports, by the way, are so important in sports in general. When we look at our girls and when we look at the way that we are raised, I personally was never involved in team sports. I tried out for the volleyball team in high school and did not make the team. I was crushed, by the way, because of the failure. I was, however, very involved with theater. So there was constantly dealing with failure of not getting the role that you wanted. I had to deal with that all the time. And actually, my degree is in drama Um, from the UC system, from UC Irvine. I have a degree in drama. And so failure was a constant thing. Rejection was a constant thing. I had to learn how to bounce back from it. And when you see kids on the sports field, whether it's soccer or football or lacrosse or the swim team or what have you, constantly you are failing. When I just recently went to a volleyball game with my oldest daughter and I was so amazed to watch, you know, the spikes come down and them not being able to recover from them, serves that didn't make it over the net, and how instantaneously these girls would have to deal with failure and recover from it and get back into the game and get back into the failure. You watch any major sporting event, you are constantly in basketball seeing the baskets that don't make it. As the saying goes, you miss 100% of the shots that you don't take. So where are you holding yourself back because you're afraid of failure? And this points to a very interesting study about failure. And there was this one study done with fifth graders. And the thing that I love about this study is that fifth grade students were given a task that was intentionally confusing. Intentionally confusing. And the thing that I find so fascinating is it was the girls who were actually derailed by the confusion and unable to learn the material. Now again, this was intentionally set up as a very confusing thing. And notably, the highest IQ girls struggled the most. So the minute that these high IQ, these girls that are the bright girls, the ones that are considered super duper smart, they're given a task that is intentionally confusing, And suddenly they quit. They are the ones that can't recover. They can't learn the material because their identity is, I'm a smart girl. I'm a bright girl. I'm a girl that should know how to do this. And so then the material is intentionally confusing. They don't see a way to success. And so they're the ones that are the most ruffled by this. Take a look at that in your own life. Where are the things like when life, you know? Now, listen, I'm an entrepreneur over here. I'm an author. I'm a speaker. Let me tell you, failure is a constant part of my business all the time. Things fail all the time inside my business. And so for me, it's always about going, okay, that failed. I'm not a failure, but that failed. That program failed. That launch failed. That Facebook ad failed. Whatever it is, that LinkedIn strategy failed, whatever it is. Okay, that didn't work. And so my work is to not then let that chip away at who I think I am, at my identity. Because when we have that incongruency, when we feel like I'm supposed to be a smart and successful woman, and this project I feel like I'm failing at, it's really challenging, and then it bumps up against our identity of who we think we should be, so then oftentimes we take our ball and go home. We quit in some way. We stop trying fascinating um, exercise I sometimes do at workshops where this is how it goes, right? You are—you have a small team, and one person is blindfolded and given a, an arrow, a, a, like a pretend arrow, <laughs> not a real arrow, people, but a paper arrow, and all that they need to do is actually have their team help them, because remember, they're blindfolded, they can't touch them, there's a bullseye put up on the wall. And the simple task is help your team member get the paper arrow onto the bullseye. That's, that's it. That's the whole setup. And the only rule is you can't touch your team member. So you can talk to them, you can direct them, what have you. So the game begins. And of course, people are like, go straight, do this, blah, blah, blah. Like There's all this energy in the room. And then I, as the workshop leader, along with my team, we start standing up and going and moving the bullseyes, moving the target. So this adds an element of confusion. It adds an element of chaos. And people in the room, wow, you should see people get pissed off. It's like, wait a minute, what, wait, what's happening here? And you can see uh, this revolt happening. Really fascinating. So then we end the exercise. Nobody usually has gotten the the arrow onto the moving target. Sometimes I'll even put the tape, the moving target on myself and just start walking around the room. So it's basically impossible. It's an impossible task. Again, the confusion is there. It is purposely built and intentionally confusing. So then I ask people, so what happened? How did you respond to this scenario? Some people say, oh, I just quit. I I always like to call it that I took my ball and went home. (laughs) Um, Forget it. I'm not playing anymore. I don't like these rules. Some people got angry. Some people got stressed out. Some people got anxiety ridden. The person with the blindfold feels like, what the heck is going on? And then we look at how does this bleed over into other areas of your life? How is this comfort zone showing up in your life? When you have been intentionally set up to fail, how are you going to deal with that? whether you're an entrepreneur, how is it looking inside your business? When all of a sudden the rules change, all of a sudden Facebook changes its algorithm and your whole business is built on your Facebook ads and suddenly nothing's being seen anymore. Your, Your ads shoot through the roof. If you're set up inside a corporation and there's a project and you realize you don't have enough team members, I can't tell you how many times I've been coaching people that are high up inside of the top companies in the world and they're like, I need five more people on my team and I can't get the resources allocated. Whew, set up for failure. Intentionally confusing. Even if it's not intentional on the, you know, the higher up level, that's what's happening. That's the truth of what's happening. Who do you want to be in the face of that? How do you want to get resourceful in the face of that? And how does your inner mean girl start reacting in those moments? This I want you to take this to your journal. I want you to really look at what was the last project that I worked on, whether you're an entrepreneur or you work inside an organization or you're a full-time mom at home and you're working on a project with your kids or you're trying to set up a chores chart or whatever it is, right? The last project that failed that did not go the way that you wanted it to What story did your inner mean girl, and for those of you that are new to my work, the inner mean girl is that voice inside your head that tells you that you're not enough, that tells you that you're a failure, and that collects evidence all the time of how not enough you are. The inner critic, in other words. I like to call it the inner mean girl because the meanest girl of them all is the one inside your head. It's not the girl in the hallways of junior high or that person at the water cooler at work that loves to gossip. It's actually the biggest bully of them all is the one inside your head. So how does your inner mean girl react when failure is afoot? How does she react when this image that you have of yourself as being a smart, successful, bright woman doesn't line up with what is happening in your life in this moment? Whether it's about finances or a divorce or work stuff, how does she respond? What does she do? What are the words that she says to you? And start really looking at Taking your inner mean girl out of the driver's seat of your life in those moments and allowing yourself to really take the reins back, to say, actually, as a bright and smart woman, I know how to be resilient. Maybe instead of considering yourself bright and smart, you can say, I'm a bright, smart woman who's actually a resilient woman, and I know how to recover from failure really fast. And when challenges and confusion come into play, I can actually develop more skills and allow myself to learn how to bounce back. This is a game changer for women. Let me know how it goes. And how can you start collecting evidence that you are resilient and that you're capable of learning new things? Because oftentimes when we're told that we're bright, that we're smart, that we have so much potential, it becomes a prison that we live in of self-criticism because we feel like we can never measure up with the supposedly smart, bright girl and woman that we're supposed to be. So you don't need to be like that fifth grader who gives up, who gets completely ruffled, who then says, I don't know, I don't know how to do this, and then throws in the towel, takes in her ball and goes home. You can instead start to really not take on the failure. And say, actually, who I really am is I'm a resilient woman that is capable of finding solutions. So with that, it's Amy Ehlers signing off, reminding you to collect evidence of how resilient you are. Reminding you of that this self-criticism, this self-doubt, this self-bullying is blocking you from making your greatest contribution, and it does not have to. And if you wanted to go deeper with me on this, if you're a professional woman that's a high achiever, that feels like, ugh, that inner mean girl is getting in your way, let's talk. You can apply for a one-on-one breakthrough session with me at wakeupcallcoach.com forward slash rise. That's wakeupcallcoach.com forward slash rise. Fill out the short application. Let me know about yourself. And if I feel like we might be a match, we can hop on a call, and I'll hear more about your inner mean girl how she's holding you back. And if I can be of service, I'll let you know how. So with that, signing off. Keep embracing the messiness and the magic of your life. Until next time, bye-bye.